with Eileen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Life and Curly Cues podcast with me, Eileen. Um, a lot has happened in the country, in the world, since the last episode, and I wanted to not go back to my original plan like I did, like I had said um, in the last episode. I wanted to make this quick little short episode um, to provide you guys with some resources that I found that I've been using to kind of get more knowledgeable on everything that's going on and be the best ally that I can be. Um, if you are have been living under a rock, um, a lot of has been happening as far as the Black Lives can't talk still as far as the Black Lives Matter movement and all the racial injustices that you know are still around in our society today. Like I feel like we're in a very monumental historical moment. But then it's also like you would think in a way because of all the history we've had, things would be different, but they're not. Things are not different. Things are still the same from the 60s, from forever ago. From You, you go around thinking, I, you go around thinking that things are good, but or things are fine, but really it's not. And thankful, we're thankful for how technology is to allow, to open our eyes to things that are happening right under our noses and bringing up these issues that have never been solved. And now we're in the process of speaking out and making sure everyone's voices are heard. And I don't know if any of that made sense, but yeah, it's just, it's, we're in a historical moment right now and we need to, we need to make change. We need to fight for change. We need to speak out for change. We need, we need to live in more harmony. And right now there's just no harmony happening. And, uh, my dogs are barking in the background. It's been a while since they've had an episode like that. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I just wanted to come on and talk to you guys about some resources um, that I found that you would be interested in. Um, there's a video that I've seen around kind of explaining systemic racism for people who aren't fully aware or understand how it kind of works. Um, and I've watched it actually like multiple times already. And yeah, it's yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to link the video in the description, but I also have the audio to kind of just play that. So here is, um, systemic racism explained a video created by act.tv and yeah, here it is. This is Jamal. Jamal is a boy who lives in a poor neighborhood. He has a friend named Kevin who lives in a wealthy neighborhood. All of Jamal's neighbors are African-American, and all of Kevin's neighbors are white, 
because Jamal's school district is mostly funded by property taxes, his school is not very well funded. His classrooms are overcrowded, his teachers are underpaid, and he doesn't have access to high-quality tutors or extracurricular activities. Kevin's school district is also funded by property taxes, so his school is very well funded. His classrooms are never crowded, his teachers are very well paid, and he has access to high-quality tutors and lots of extracurricular activities. Kevin and Jamal live only a few streets away from each other. So how come they're growing up in such different worlds with such different opportunities for success? The answer has to do with America's history of systemic racism. To understand it better, let's look at what life was like for Kevin and Jamal's grandparents. Decades after the Civil War, many government agencies started to draw maps dividing cities into sections that were either desirable or undesirable for investment. This practice was called redlining, and it usually blocked off entire black neighborhoods from access to private and public investment. Banks and insurance companies used these maps for decades to deny black people loans and other services based purely on race. Historically speaking, owning a home and getting a college education is the easiest way for an American family to build wealth. But when Jamal's grandparents wanted to buy a house, the banks refused because they lived in a neighborhood that was redlined. So Jamal's grandparents were not able to buy a home, and because colleges could prevent them from attending through legal segregation, their options for higher education were really scarce. Kevin's grandparents, on the other hand, got a low-interest loan to buy their first house and got accepted into a handful of top universities, which traditionally only accepted white students. This opened up a wealth of opportunities that they were able to pass on to their kids and grandkids. Even as late as the 1980s, an investigation into the Atlanta real estate market showed that banks were more willing to lend to low-income white families than to middle or upper-income African-American families. As a result, today, for every $100 of wealth held by a white family, black families have $5.04. A 2017 study confirms that redlining is still affecting home values in major cities like Chicago today. This explains how Kevin and Jamal inherited vastly different circumstances. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. A big part of systemic racism is implicit bias. These are prejudices in society that people are not aware that they have. Let's go back to Kevin and Jamal. Against all odds, Jamal manages to be the only student from his high school to get accepted into a great university. The same one that Kevin and his high school friends are attending. But after Kevin and Jamal both graduate, Jamal notices that his resume isn't drawing as much interest as Kevin's, even though they graduated from the same program with the exact same GPA. Unfortunately for Jamal, studies show that resumes with white-sounding names get twice as many callbacks as identical resumes with black-sounding names. Implicit bias is one of the reasons why the black unemployment rate is twice the rate of white unemployment, even among college graduates today. You can see evidence of systemic racism in every area of life. The disparities in family wealth, incarceration rates, political representation, and education are all examples of systemic racism. Unfortunately, the biggest challenge with systemic racism is that there's no single person or entity responsible for it, which makes it very hard to solve. So what can you do? The first thing you can do is work towards becoming more aware of your own implicit biases. What are some prejudices that you might hold that you're not aware of? Second, let's acknowledge that the consequences of slavery and Jim Crow laws are still affecting access to opportunity today. As a result, we should support systemic changes that create more equal opportunities for everyone. Increasing public school funding and making it independent from property taxes would be a great start so that poor and wealthy districts can receive equal access to resources. 
Systemic problems require systemic solutions. Luckily, we're all part of the system, which means that we all have a role to play in making it better. Peace. And we're back. Um, and so in the description, I'll have the link to that video so you can kind of see the animation that goes along with it to help you kind of understand the words of it all. Um, cause I'm, I don't, some of you may be, but I'm like a visual learner. So I, that's why I've had to watch it multiple times. And then in the link, I'll have a, something that's also linked in my bio, um, ways you can help by various donation links, various movements, um, various petitions to help everyone who's been treated poorly and unfairly and people were fighting for justice for and all that kind of stuff. And um, if you're protesting, how to be safe when you're protesting and what things you should do when protesting or getting involved in that sort of the movement as well. Um, and that link is kind of nationwide. Uh, it's blacklivesmatters.card.co. And then I also, since I am in San Antonio, I have also linked two articles that have links to local organizations that you can help to further support racial equality and as well as San Antonio businesses that are black owned. And you can support those by shopping there, by reaching out, seeing what help they need. And I will have those linked as well. And then I also have been looking at um, ways to further educate myself versus just reading things. And like I said, I'm a visual learner, so I've been watching movies and I've put a list down of movies I've seen in the past that have opened my eyes in the situation um, and really just shown me things that I never thought about or never knew about because I didn't fully try to go into thinking about it. Um, but I've seen recently Just Mercy and The Banker and Harriet, which are great movies in showing you what has been going on in our history. And then, of course, movies from years past, Hidden Figures, The Help, Selma, Loving, Black Klansmen, Dear White People, um, things like that. And then I've also listed movies that I have researched and I want to watch for myself. So I will be watching those soon as well. Um, 13th, I Am Not Your Negro, Who Streets, LA 92, Black America Since MLK, and I Still Rise. Um, those are movies that I've heard about and haven't seen yet. And I will be planning to watch those to kind of get more, more of a view on the perspective that I don't have, um, I guess is how I'm trying to say it. And yeah, so those are all the movies are listed below and I'm pretty sure there's probably other movies that I'm not, that I don't have listed that, um, if you know of, let me know so I can, you know, educate myself some more. And also there's a link to register to vote. Um, we need change to happen and, one of the ways change can happen is by voting for that change. So this is an important year. Um, although this year has been crazy since January, it is still a very important one because this year we can make a difference in how we vote for our government and the future of our country. Um, Y'all have heard my opinions in the past on what I believe as far as politics and that 
man needs to be gone. And a lot of other people need to be gone in our government. They're not helping our government. They're making things worse. And they're not creating a sense of unity that we strive our country to have. So I have the link to register to vote. And if you are registered, make sure you go out and vote. I know some places still have primaries going on. Um, November is literally right around the corner. So start researching, start planning who you're going to vote for, what you're going to vote for. Look into your local governments. How can you make a change in your local governments and go about that thing, that the English <laughs> and go about that making change in not only your home, but also for the country. Um, and while researching all the black, everything about the Black Lives Matter movement, I also came across their What Matters 2020 campaign. And um, I just signed their petition to be or I think it was their petition or I pledged. That's what I'm looking for. I pledged to be a voter because I want to see change and I want to see it happen. And I um, they created a video as well. And uh, I have the video linked in the description, but I also wanted to play the audio for the video because it's just very powerful. And, you know, if we want to see change, we need to do that. And I don't know how many times I can say that before it's instilled in your head. Um, but yeah, so here is the Black Lives Matter, What Matters 2020 campaign video. Until black people are free, no one is fully free. Because the issues that affect black people the most affect everyone. Everyone. Can you imagine an America with no police brutality, without mass shootings, gun violence, mass incarceration, children in cages, racist immigration policies, voter suppression, environmental degradation, racial injustice? It's time to vote for an America where our lives are valued and protected, where police are held accountable, where we have access to quality health care, where we can thrive in school, where our water is safe to drink. It's time to vote for an America without low wages and low opportunity. Vote for an America without the oppression of white supremacy. Can you imagine an America where oppression and fear are dissolved? Where we are whole and healed. We are the most powerful voters in this country. So we will not be distracted by the noise they make. We are going to choose who leads us, those who truly represent us, and vote out those who don't. Vote you out. We are going to show up and fight for what we need and vote for what really matters. We are what matters 2020. Text what matters to two, four, three, six, five. I mean, if you are not motivated by that video to make a difference and make a change and speak out and do what you need to do to push others or not push others, but to motivate others to to encourage others to instill change and create change and fight for justice and fight fight for all the injustices that have happened, um, then psh, I don't know what's wrong with you. But yeah, that was, I, I, th I also watched that video multiple times because it's just like, I just, they left me speeches because it's just, it's hard to believe that this is the world we're living in right now. Um, and yeah, but anyways, um, the video is linked in the description so you can watch it with, of course, the visuals and everything that they did. Um, and it's just yeah, I'm gonna, I just keep rambling, but it's because I kind of just, I didn't prepare anything for this episode. I just wanted to provide the resources that I have been following and I've been doing to help try to make change and voice out what I can. Um, but yeah, it's just 
a lot has happened in 2020. A lot has happened in the past two weeks since when I last talked to Jesenia on the last episode. Like, the world has changed drastically. And like I said, it's a historical moment for us. And the fact that it's it's in our country, but the world is getting involved is just amazing because it's we're speaking up and the world is speaking up with us as well and I think that's just a very in itself very powerful um yeah but um I wanted to kind of end the episode with um this poem that I've seen circulating social media and everything and it really just really got me thinking because I have been looking at 2020 as the shit show year like shit hit the fan for 2020 so quick so fast um like every month it's been something new and something drastic um and I feel like in a way especially the way it's being covered and everything so much quote-unquote bad has been shown as far as every month in 2020 but so much good can come from this bad and um, this poem that I've been seeing was written by Leslie Dwight and um, I want to leave you guys with this and yeah this is how I'll end it but Leslie Dwight wrote um, what if 2020 isn't canceled what if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for a year so uncomfortable so painful so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. Just sit with that for a little bit, guys. Um, but yeah, what if, what if we don't cancel 2020? What if 2020 is what we needed to really stir things up and really change our futures? Um, that's it for this episode. I will talk to y'all on the next one.